Welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Worship Center in Brighton, Michigan. We hope you enjoy this encouraging message. For more information on our church family, visit faithworshipcenter.org. Today is Mission Sunday, and we are a church that believes in doing everything that we possibly can to get the gospel to as many as we possibly can, not just locally, but globally. And really, we believe that this church here is a mission work. We believe that this community is a mission field. We believe that there are many people here within this region who need the gospel. And so we're not just focused on reaching people globally. We're also we're focused on reaching as many people as we possibly can here in Michigan. But I want to take you to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, beginning in verse 13. The Apostle Paul, he said, For whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. What a beautiful thing. That all you've got to do is call on the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. That means you don't have to be a part of a certain denomination. You don't even have to be a part of this church to be saved. You don't have to uh, do anything to be saved. It says here, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so the moment you call on the name of Jesus, at that moment, the Spirit of God comes to where you are and washes away your sin. Amen. For whosoever calls on the name of the Lord, red, yellow, black, or white, you are precious in his sight. Doesn't matter where you come from. Doesn't matter what your upbringing is. Doesn't matter if you're famous or you're nameless. All you've got to do is call on the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. This is how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? You see, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the apostle Paul said here, how are they going to call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And so that's where the responsibility is beginning to, to shift in your direction. And how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe on him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? We still believe that preaching is God's ordained method to reach the lost for the cause of Christ. How shall they hear without a preacher? Now, let me say this, that, that preaching can also, it can come through a song. Somebody can be listening to Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Really, that's a sermon with music behind it. And somebody could just hear that those words, and that's really preaching in it of itself, and they could be saved and changed by the power of God. Amen? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And then it says this, and how shall they preach unless they are sent? You see, it's really, it's the Lord that does the sending. It's the Lord that sends out laborers into his harvest field, but it's the church's responsibility to help support the sending of the laborers into the harvest field. The gospel is free, but there's a cost to send the gospel out. I wish that the gospel that you could, you know, get on satellite television networks for free and they wouldn't charge you hundreds of thousands of dollars. But there's a cost to spread the gospel. 
How shall they preach unless they are sent? That's why we support missions with all of our heart. You know, I used to be on the other side of things where I was doing mission work uh, full-time, going to other nations, and I'll share more later on in this message. But I relied upon the support of churches, and I took time to build relationships with pastors and churches really all over the nation. And, and, and there were probably people in 15 or 20 different states that were helping uh, support mission work in different nations. And so I've been on that end of, the th- uh, of things where I relied upon the support of churches. And so that's why we believe in supporting missions, because when you got people that are willing to go, we want to help them go. When you got people that are willing, because it, it's a sacrifice to go out onto the mission field. It's a sacrifice to go to foreign nations. I have been in very difficult circumstances in other nations. Uh, I remember in Ethiopia, where you're essentially right near the equator, and the sun's beating on you all throughout the day. You're right next to the equator, and you, you're like, man, I can't wait to go home and take a nice fresh shower. And then you go back to the hotel, and it's like a little drizzle of water, and it's cold. You know, that's not fun stuff to have to endure on the mission field. And there are certain countries I've been to that, honestly, I'm not, like, excited to go to. I'll go to them to preach the gospel. I'll, I'll bear through the, the difficulty and, and, and the food and all the different circumstances. And, and we've had venomous poisonous snakes show up in the room where we're sleeping. I, I've been through all that stuff, mos- areas with mosquitoes that have malaria and all that stuff. That's not fun stuff to have to endure. But when people are willing to make those sacrifices and go, and go out to go out to those places, then the church and local churches should really help support uh, that work. And so the mission work that we engage in really at the forefront of it is the preaching of the gospel, because there's a lot of mission work out there that just simply does humanitarian work, and that is commendable, but without the preaching of the gospel, lives will not be changed. And we've done all sorts of different humanitarian work. We've handed out a ton of food and clothes in all different countries and different places. But I believe that the number one responsibility in mission work is preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because you can feed the the hungry, and and we try to do that as much as we possibly can. We were in Mozambique uh, several years ago, and I had flown to South Africa for a couple services, and then I flew to Mozambique in Eastern Africa it was about, uh, I think it was like uh, three or four services a day, 10 days straight in different villages, different locations, just preaching nonstop. And every one of those services, we would uh, hand out food after the preaching. I remember the final service, what we did is we sent out buses to all the different villages, brought them in, and it was pretty amazing, just the whole thing. It, we had basically a lot of those people only eat meat once or twice a year. So I would preached on the prodigal son. And how when the prodigal son came home, the father said to kill the fatted calf. And so what we did is we preached the gospel to them, gave them the opportunity to accept Christ. And then we had fresh beef that was prepared for all the people. It was really neat. It was really awesome. But, you know, the number one thing that we do and the number one thing that we prioritize is the preaching of the gospel. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, it says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And so that tells us that this gospel is not just for us here in Michigan. It's not just for us here in the United States, but it's for the ends of the earth. He said, you shall be witnesses to me and Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You see, some people think 
that the power of the Holy Spirit, that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is to get victory over sin in their life. That's not true. Uh, you get victory over sin in your life through the cross of Jesus Christ. When Jesus died on the cross, he made a way for you to live free from the power of sin. The power of the Holy Spirit is not to give you victory over sin. The power of the Holy Spirit is to make you an effective witness for Jesus Christ. Jesus told these disciples, you shall receive power. This is supernatural, miracle-working power. In the, in, in the Greek, that word for power is dunamis, which means dynamite-like power. He said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, I first started doing mission work in 2012. My first trip was to the nation of Honduras. And I'll say personally, growing up, I did not feel a desire to go to other nations, to go to other countries. Nothing appealed to me about it. And after I got saved, I said, you know what, Lord, I want to go wherever you open up the door to spread this gospel. And I told God, I said, I'm, I'm asking you to open up doors everywhere and anywhere to preach the gospel. I remember giving a devotion in Bible college. I just, as I was praying, I just began to pray that God would open up doors to different places. I said, New York City and, and uh, Honduras. I named like four or five different places. And then that next summer, God opened up the door to every single one of those places that I had prayed for. And the very first trip to Honduras, you know, Honduras, it's a beautiful country, but it's also a very dangerous country. San Pedro Sula is the number one murder capital of the world. And so, it's not a place that's really comfortable to go to. It's kind of kind of makes you anxious when you're there. Uh, people are just very uncomfortable talking to strangers. And most of the time when we're in countries like that, we don't linger around in different places. We're, like we're point A to point B. We're going to go directly to where we're going because we want to stay together and be responsible in those different countries. But what God did in the nation of Honduras, it really sparked a hunger in my heart for missions and evangelism. Because of all the people that we talked to throughout Honduras, not just in the evangelistic services, and we would, we would have teaching in the mornings, we would teach uh, uh, for pastors and leaders, and then we would have evangelistic services at night. But really, anytime, anywhere, whether we were stopping at a, a, a gas station getting fuel and there's somebody around, we would go ahead and share the gospel with them. Out of all the people that we talked to throughout the trip, there's not a single person that I can think of that outright rejected the gospel. You would share the gospel with them, and you would ask them, would you, want to, would you like to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior? And they said yes, and we would lead them into the sinner's prayer. And so you see that kind of hunger in Latin America. We saw that in Juarez, Mexico, the number two murder capital of the world. I remember it's about 11 o'clock at night, and we were, I can't remember why we were at, uh, near some big park. And we had a huge stack of uh, gospel tracts that were in, in the vehicle we were in. For some reason, they never got handed out. So we're like, well, let's just start handing them out to people all around this park. And so as there were people that were driving by real slow, we would kind of signal them. They would pull up. We'd share the gospel with them and then ask them if they wanted to accept Christ. They would say yes. We would pray for them right in their car, give them a gospel track, and they would be on their way. And so when you see that kind of hunger, it really it stirs up your heart. And so that's really what gave me a desire to want to go to more places. It gave me a desire to reach out to, to more nations. And, you know, God just began to send people my way that just would just open up more and more doors. I was flying down to Honduras, and I was, I, I was in Houston, Texas. And as I was waiting to fly out, 
my OCD, that sign there, that reserve sign, that's killing my OCD right there. Thank you, Brad. I appreciate that. He's going to distract me the whole service. I couldn't take that. <laughs> I forgive you. But there I was in Houston, Texas. And uh, now, now I feel like I can preach. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> but I was in Houston, Texas, and I think I was wearing a Bible college sweater. And a group came up to me. They were Russians, and they, they said, are you going down there to do mission work? I said, yes, I am. They said, so are we. And then basically on the flight home, we were in totally different parts of Honduras. On the flight home, I happened to be sitting, sitting next to the founder of their mission organization. They're doing work in about 30 or 40 different countries. And that began to open up doors to other nations, to Ukraine, to Austria, to Panama, to Mozambique. And then things just kind of pretty much, invitations just started coming from all over the place. And when you step out in obedience and you say, Lord, I'm willing to go wherever you want me to go. I'm willing to take this gospel to the end of the earth. And then there's no limit to the doors that God can open up for you when you're willing to step out in obedience. And, you know, sometimes sometimes you'll start off with, with small opportunities. And oftentimes people miss out on the big opportunities because they overlook the small opportunities. But can I tell you here this morning that big doors swing on small hinges? And even if I wouldn't even know if I was scheduled to preach in certain countries and there were others going down, I would go down anyway and just, just to be a part of what God was doing because that's really what it's about. It's not about who's preaching. It's not about who's doing what. I, I used to, it used to be I couldn't wait to go down and be the one preaching. Now I love bringing other people down and seeing them get blessed for the glory of God and seeing them be, be used by God because that's really what it's all about. It's about furthering uh, the kingdom of God. And so Honduras, it really it gave me a burden for the Hispanic community. And God, I, f I felt the Lord compel me to learn Spanish, uh, to preach the gospel in Spanish. And so that's what I did in Bible college during uh, seminary. Separately, I just got textbooks. I just began to soak it up. It was almost like I was reading the Bible. That's how much I felt compelled to learn it. It was just soaking it up. And then I'd go down there and I would just try to use it as much as I could until I got to a point where I could speak it pretty fluently. And it's funny, one of our leaders, he used to bring us on missions trips, and, and uh, he's Hispanic. I always thought he spoke fluent Spanish. So we're in El Salvador in a taxi, and he's asking me if I can translate something to the taxi driver. I'm like, I, th I thought you spoke Spanish. What are you doing here? But, you know, when you have a desire, when the Spirit of God gives you a desire to do something, I mean, it just, it just compels you. I remember I was in Mexico we were doing uh, mission work in quite a few different uh, churches and evangelistic outreaches in different parts of Mexico. And I, I remember me and my translator, we were going up a mountain and for some to preach at some church in the mountains. And as we're driving up this mountain, there's a big house there and they had a lot of music going on and, and it was a party that was happening in Mexico. And so we drove past it. I asked my translator, I said, what, what are they doing back there? He said, they're having a party. I said, well, let's turn around. Let's go preach to them. So we turned around. There's somebody out front, and we told them, we want you to bring everybody outside. So they turned off the music, and every one of them came outside, got them in a big circle, and I had my translator translate for me at the time, preach the gospel to them. I said, how many of you would like to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? They all raised their hand, and we all led them into the sinner's prayer. Can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise for that? And so God began to open up doors to other nations around the world, allowing me a step foot in 17 different countries within several years, uh, Central America, South America, Europe, Africa, Cuba. And Cuba is one of those countries where a lot of pastors, a lot of missionaries have a hard time getting into 
But we were able to get 4,000 expositor study Bibles into the nation of Cuba, distributed to pastors and leaders. And so I believe that God, he's opening up doors all around this world. And really, one of the countries that I've felt the strongest draw to uh, is the nation of Colombia. And he can share some of those pictures uh, from Colombia. This was probably one of the best trips I've ever been on. This was this last December, and several pastors came along, Pastor Bob Cornell, Pastor David Borg, and then one of the translators for Sun Life Broadcasting Network translated for us, uh, Jesus Ibarra. And so we went down there for five or six days. We had about 14 services in different parts of Colombia. These are pastors' conferences right here. About three to 400 pastors came out to all the conferences, and then we would give them uh, expositor study Bibles. So you can stay on uh, some of those uh, conference pictures. Basically, what we do usually with mission work is we'll uh, invite pastors and leaders from all over the place because in a lot of these other countries, you know, I, I believe that as the shepherds go, the sheep will follow. And so if, if pastors and leaders are caught up in legalism, if they're caught up in tradition, then this is an opportunity to really bring that to light. Because if they find freedom through the shed blood of Jesus Christ and they preach that to the people, then the people will find freedom. And there's so much legalism and tradition in a lot of different nations, and uh, there's a lot in Hispanic countries. Uh, but we really the purpose of that is to bring people, bring pastors and leaders back to that foundation. And, and when we go down to those places, we don't go down there with a us versus you. I let them know, hey, you come from all different backgrounds, all different denominations, all different churches, and we're thankful that you're here. And we're here to preach one message, and the message is Jesus Christ and him crucified. And when we give invitations to come up to the front, we, we let them know that, hey, we need to be at the front as well, that we're not just calling you to the front. We need to be at the front as well because we need this just as much as they do. And, and as, as a pastor, and as a leader, we always got to come back to that foundation because it's very easy to get caught up in, in religion. It's very easy to get caught up in legalism, and that will never do anything for anybody. You can share some more pictures from, um, from the pastors and leaders conferences, but it was just absolutely phenomenal, a liberty for the Spirit of God to move. And so we're currently in discussions for, this is an evangelistic uh, service right here. You can pause that. That was in a city called Cienega. And I felt such a strong unction of the Holy Spirit. And this right here is an invitation for people to come forward for salvation. And then right after that, we give an invitation for people to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. But this is a city that's riddled with crime and murder. And, and we gave a message for that city that will bring hope, will bring change, will bring restoration. Can I tell you, there's only one thing that can bring change to a city. There's only one thing that can bring change to a nation. There's only one thing that can break the chains of, of racism and bias, and it's the blood of Jesus Christ. When the Spirit of God moves, He changes the heart of man. And you can change all the laws you want, but it's the gospel that gives us a new heart and gives us a love for those around us. Amen? And so we felt such a strong unction of the Holy Spirit. This was a pastor's conference. This was either in Cartagena or Santa Marta. Just beautiful services. And so we're currently, we're looking at this trip. We brought down about 1,000 expositor study Bibles currently in conversation with those over the distribution right now. Uh, we would like to be able to get five to 10,000 uh, study Bibles shipped down there for pastors and leaders to distribute. And so uh, we want to say thank you for helping make that possible. And, and uh, Jesus said in Luke chapter 10 and verse 2, he said, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. 
Therefore, pray that the Lord of the harvest would send forth laborers into his harvest. And Jesus said in John chapter 4 and verse 35, Do you not say there are still four months and then comes harvest? Behold, I say, it, say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already for harvest. Can I tell you that the harvest is right now? We're not waiting for the harvest. We're not waiting for a move of God. We're not waiting for God to pour out his Holy Spirit. The harvest is already plentiful. The harvest is already ready. The problem is, is do we have enough laborers to go out into the harvest? So many people say, I'm waiting God for God to move. I'm, I'm waiting for God to pour out his Holy Spirit. Well, if you're just going to wait on God, then you're going to be waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. God said, seek my face and I will be found. God's not waiting to move. God is waiting for some people that are hungry for him. God is waiting for some laborers that will go out into the harvest field and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I ain't waiting for nothing. I'm ready to go forth in the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe that the apex of all Christian endeavor must become to put the jewel of a soul in the crown of our Savior that the Lamb of God slain might receive the reward for his suffering. I believe that everything that we do, the heart of it should be to reach the loss for the cause of Christ. I believe that should be our burden. You know, I love it in Acts chapter 16 and verse 6. Acts chapter 16 and verse 6, it says, After the Holy Spirit had prevented them, from speaking the word in the province of Asia. Now, this is very interesting to me. It says there that the Holy Spirit forbid them, prevented them from speaking the word in Asia. Now, why would God prevent somebody from preaching the word? Why would God not let them preach the word in Asia? It's not that God didn't want Asia to hear the word of God. It's just that it wasn't his timing. You see, I believe that we've got to wait on the timing of the Lord. I believe that when God wants you to bring the gospel somewhere, that you've got to be sensitive to the timing of the Holy Spirit. But what I do is I just go forth, and then if I feel forbid, forbidden by the Holy Spirit, then I'll wait for another time. Because a lot of people, they're like, well, if God wants me to go, he'll, he'll tell me to go. God already told you in Mark chapter 16 and verse 15, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every person. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, and whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not harm them. And they will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. You are, you've got the word right there. Jesus already said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. It's already, the commandment is already there. Now, in Acts chapter 4 and verse 32, and here in a minute we're going to show a video so you can uh, have that ready just so not play it. Yeah, Acts chapter 4 and verse 32, it says, Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were given their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. So basically what was happening here is that people desired for the gospel to go out so much 
that they just they were there to support the furtherance of the gospel. It says that those who had land and houses, that they were selling them just for the furtherance of the gospel. Now, I'm not telling you to go out and sell your house unless you have an extra one. We'd appreciate it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Because you got to be led by the Spirit of God and what you do. And, and God will cause us to do things according to the faith that he has given to us. I believe that if God wants us to give in a certain way, that first he'll give us the faith to do it. He'll give us wisdom. But here they were selling their land. They were selling their houses because they just wanted to get the gospel out to as many as they possibly could. If you could flip off those lights there in the back, Dave, right behind you, and, uh, and you can go ahead and play that video. Hello, God bless you. This is Pastor Alfonso Correa from Barranquilla, Colombia. Iglesia, Centro de Fe y Adoración y Pastor Asher Weaver. Tenemos una urgencia enorme. Faith Worship Center in Pastor Asher Weaver. We have a huge urgency right now. El Evangelio debe ser proclamado y cada uno de nosotros tenemos un lugar en este llamado. The gospel must be proclaimed and each one of us has a place on this call from the Lord. Justo en este momento muchos están partiendo a una eternidad sin Jesús. Right at this moment, many are living for an eternity without Jesus. Y una de las responsabilidades de la iglesia es hacer misiones y predicar el evangelio y hacer discípulos. And one of the responsibilities of the church is to do missions, to go and preach the gospel to every creature and make disciples. No es una opción, es la gran comisión. It's not an option, it's the great commission. La Biblia dice, cuán hermosos son los pies de los que anuncian la paz, de los que anuncian the Bible says, how beautiful are the feet of those who announce peace, of those who announce good news. And the best example was Pastor Asher last visit to Colombia. No solamente llegamos a los perdidos, sino a los creyentes, evangelismo, seminarios, predicaciones, etc. We not only reach the lost, but also the believers, evangelism, seminars, preaching, etc. Presentando a Jesús como el Salvador y la cruz como la única respuesta a todos los problemas. Presenting Jesus as the Savior and the cross as the answer to all problems. Es tiempo de levantarnos y hacer misiones. La trompeta de Dios está por su. It is time to get up and do missions. The trumpet of God is about to sound. Con amor, Dios les bendiga. With love, God bless you. When asked the question of the importance of missionary work and evangelism, uh, it really can't be overstated. Uh, we have to go to the Word of God, of course, and uh, find out what the heart of God is. Uh, we know that Jesus said some of his last words when he was on this earth was exhorting the disciples, commanding them uh, to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature uh, and making disciples. Uh, we see in Acts 1 and 8 that Jesus said that you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. So we see that the heart of God is to seek and to save uh, that which is lost. You know, when you think about it, there's not a one of us that would even be here or be saved if it wasn't for someone who reached out, someone who evangelized, a missionary that was sent uh, to present the gospel to us. So uh, it is the very heart of God. That's really uh, the, the crux of the matter and really where it is. 
is uh, that is God's heart. And uh, we are to go into all the world, preach and declare this wonderful good news of Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross of Calvary. Hey everyone, this is Danny Guevara from California. I pastor over here at Fullness of the Cross Ministries. I have been friends with your pastor, Asher Weber, for a long time. And one of the things that kind of uh, got us together and the chemistry that we've been able to have as brothers in Christ has been his heart for missions and his heart specifically for the Hispanic uh, community. I myself, I grew up in Mexico, so it's something that's really uh, dear to me to see Pastor Asher's desire for missions. Uh, as a matter of fact, in this moment, I am in Mexico in the border of Arizona, where I'll be visiting a church. And I just want to tell you just a little bit about them. Uh, it's a church that gathers in a building that is unfinished. And by that, I mean it only has the side walls and the frame for the roof. The roof never got finished. There are no windows. There are no doors. Uh, the floor is dirt, completely dirt. And they sit on uh, on wooden benches that have been exposed to the weather um, for many years. Uh, my wife actually grew up in this church. And she tells me that the benches were already old when she was little. Um, but these people gather there faithfully every Sunday. Um, Wednesday, whenever else they have services. Um, and when we come out here, we try to uh, come and minister the message of the cross and support the pastors in the best ways that we can. Our church has been involved now in uh, distributing the Expositor's Study Bible. And it's important to support the missions work uh, because these people out here have a, a real need. The pastors out here have a great need. Uh, internet connection is not something that is easily accessible like it is for you and I. I mean, the internet is just part of our lives, but over here it's something that is almost a luxury for people. So getting resources, getting material, growing, uh, but, but by studying and doing things like that is really difficult. And the Expositor's Bible, it comes to be um, a great source for them to be uh, learning and being able to teach to the congregation and for them to see the growth that is needed. I want to encourage you to support uh, the mission's work, whatever uh, Asher's uh, network is going to take them. Support it with all your heart. Um, it, it's something that has been instilled in our church, and I believe that Asher is doing a great job uh, with you guys there as well. I just want to thank you for the work that you do and the people that you help in missions and uh, keep going forward. Amen. God bless you all and hope I see you soon. Hello everyone. Greetings to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Bible says, go into the world and preach the gospel. God has saved you for reason. This is the time to go to the nations to preach the gospel. Many people in the world, they never heard the name of Jesus. So you are the reason for them. God has called you for the season. He's going to come in soon. So before that, God wants to reach those people. All you have to do, just pray and let God lead you. Let God guide you.
that God touched others through you. Pray for it and reach the nations. God will do great and mighty things. Well, hello, everyone. And I want to encourage you to give for missions, whether it's uh, short-term missions or long-term missions. I can tell you from first-hand experience that the effects of it are eternal because the gospel has eternal dividends to it. I've seen it just in uh, my recent trip to Colombia that, that the effects of the gospel, again, are life-changing, and you know that. They're life-changing. And whether it's short-term, again, whether it's going for a week into Colombia or Mexico or some other country, or whether it's supporting long-term missions, again, the effects of it are eternal because that's what the gospel does. It changes people's lives. And so whenever we support missions, we're joining together with those who are going, and we are one with them in having the gospel uh, be presented to them. So again, I just encourage you to give because it has eternal effects. So God bless you and have a wonderful day. Hello to all my friends at Faith Worship Center. This is Brother Joseph Larson, and I am in Newfoundland this weekend for meetings. And I thought what better way to encourage you to get involved with world missions, uh, get behind Brother Asher in this endeavor than to give you an invitation to do so from out of the country. So I'm in Deer Lake, Newfoundland, and we're having wonderful services. It's a heavily uh, spirit-filled Pentecostal area. There's only about 6,000 people population-wise, but about two or 3,000 of them are Pentecostal, spirit-filled believers. So I'm excited. We're having wonderful services. Pray for us that God will move in this area and this whole uh, province of Newfoundland, Canada. Uh, but just pray about what God wants you to do to get involved, get behind a pastor who loves to bring the gospel around the world and has done so and proven to do that. I love my friend Asher, and I'm praying for you all that God would use you. God bless. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Pastor Gabriel Swaggart, and I want to share with you real quick three reasons why that you need to be involved in supporting local missions and evangelistic outreaches. The first reason why all of us no matter who you are, the first reason why we need to support local and, and really worldwide evangelistic and missions outreaches is very simple because we're fulfilling the Great Commission, which Jesus proclaims before he ascended. He was instructing his disciples to go out into all the world and preach the gospel and make disciples. That is what we are called to do. So the first reason why you need to be involved in missions work, in evangelistic work, is because you are fulfilling the Great Commission. And nothing is more important than that. The second thing is that you are helping to expand the kingdom of God. How cool is that? How awesome to know that through your help, through your support, and through your endeavors, that you are literally expanding the kingdom of God. And making disciples of everyone who wants to be a part. That's something that no one can take away from you. You are literally helping individuals. You are helping churches. You are helping uh, organizations reach people that are currently not being reached. Whether it could be in a foreign land. Whether it could be right here in our own backyard. There are scores of people that have yet to hear the gospel. 
And how cool is it to know that you are a part of something that is reaching people and helping to expand the kingdom of God? And the third reason why you need to be involved in supporting local missions groups and evangelistic groups is because it gives an opportunity for us in the local church to put our faith in action. We were able to actually live out our faith, to put it in action, uh, to live out the Great Commission, uh, which not only helps uh, to spread the gospel, but it also brings glory and honor to God. So I don't know about you, but I I want to encourage you that it's time for us to uh, remove ourselves from the back seat, so to speak. And let's get ourselves involved in the game. Let's help to fulfill the Great Commission. Let's help to expand the kingdom of God. And let's put our faith into action. It's time for you right now to get out and to support your local missions and evangelistic outreaches. It is one of the most awesome things that anyone could ever do. And so I'm encouraging you right now, take that step of faith, get involved, and I promise you, I promise you, it will be one of the most important things that you will ever do for the rest of your life. Can we give it up for them here this morning? Singers and musicians can come back. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, he said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. I'd like for the ushers to come up as we prepare to receive the offering for this morning. And once again, everything that comes in today will be going toward missions and evangelism. You can stand to your feet this morning. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every person. And your gift and your donation helps make that possible. It's not for any other purpose than evangelism, reaching the loss for the gospel, and reaching the church with the only message of freedom and victory and deliverance, the message of Jesus Christ and Him crucified.